Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. War Eagle, everybody. Welcome back to Tiger Talk. I am your host, Taylor Davis, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Jason Campbell, here to talk all things Auburn University. And we've got a great episode for you today. We are going to be talking about how this football program is still preparing for season while we are all still stuck in this quarantine, how different coaches and members on staff are helping these guys train and get ready from the comfort of their own home as best that they can. We're also going to talk about different Auburn guys preparing for the draft, what the draft is going to look like this year as it is just a couple weeks away. And then we have a fabulous guest joining us today. We are so excited. It is the first head coach making an appearance on our podcast. The head coach of the Auburn women's basketball team, Coach Flo, is going to be joining us, talk all about this past season, what she's doing right now, how she's still recruiting, even though we are in lockdown. So it's going to be a great episode. You want to stay tuned for that interview. How's it going, Jason? I know that you're you're staying busy, kind of doing some home renovations, things like that. You taking up any other hobbies during this downtime? Oh, you best believe it. What's up, world? What's up, <laughs> Auburn fans? You know, it's your boy, J-Cam, 1-7. Oh, but uh, yes, I... Um, I am. I'm being Chef Campbell right now. So you I get cooking? a lot of. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Am I cooking? Man, my stove is like, <laughs> who is this person? You know what I'm saying? So oh I have gotten used to cooking some different meals and, uh, and everything. And uh, you never know what you have <laughs> until you have to use it. So I've had to bring so out true. my skills and my talents that I didn't even know was in me and put it into my cooking. All my love into my cooking. And uh, yeah. And I must, I must say, I am, I am pretty amazed. I like it. Hey, that's that's a good hobby to take up, right? And you'll use that after this. Except we were talking before we started recording. I cannot wait to go back to a restaurant. So uh, not sure how much I'll be doing cooking. I feel like we're all going to be like, get me out of this kitchen. Exactly. I am not cooking for a hot minute after all of this. But get me to a whatever. Beach. Yeah, no kidding. I have like a laundry list of places I'm going with this thing's over. And uh, hopefully it includes a football field. I know we are all still kind of unsure what the future holds, but everyone is proceeding as if football will be normal. So that's what Jason and I are going to do as well. So we're going to dive right on into today's episode, talk about a few different ways that this Auburn coaching staff is adapting right now. And honestly, your mind goes to the obvious, you know, how is this affecting Gus? How is this affecting recruiting? But I started reading different articles about how the strength and conditioning staff is handling this. And I think that's an interesting thing to talk about. So Ryan Russell, uh, the strength and conditioning coach, has been working on, you know, adjusting and helping these guys adjust because not all of them have access to gym equipment now that they're mm-hmm. all at home. I've actually seen different posts on social media, some guys creating like a makeshift bench and, and bar situation for them to continue lifting. But uh, they are they did have a, a bit of a, a head start in this regard, if possible. On March 5th, actually, the football team had a meeting led by athletic trainer Robbie Stewart, and he told players what he already knew about COVID-19 and, and kind of where some of the hotspots were and, and how they could all be careful. And uh, after that meeting, Ryan Russell immediately started implementing some kind of system and put together a three-day training program that players could do from home. So he kind of mm-hmm. jumped on it early and and got ahead of this thing but 
talk to me a little bit about how challenging this is because the the strength and conditioning part at Auburn, I know is it is so, I mean, you see all the videos of these guys, you know, working out and they've got their teammates around them yelling and encouraging. And that's a totally different environment than when you're at home by yourself. How are these guys getting the most out of this time? Or, or maybe how could they get the most out of this time training at home? Yeah, this is, uh, it's kind of like that two week period that you get between summer and then coming back for fall camp. Um, we used to get out and coach used to always send us a, give us a book. And in that book, it told you your meals you're supposed to eat every day, certain times you're supposed to eat them during the day. And then how much running and how much conditioning, how much lifting you're supposed to get in. So yes, you can mm-hmm. go back to your high schools and kind of, you know, get your workout in from a weight standpoint. But now like, what do these guys do with the high schools being closed? So yeah. they say you have seen a lot of guys trying to make shift and make sure that they, you know, can, can lift some type of weights. Well, the one thing I can think of is, you know, band work you know you can do a lot of band work okay. which doesn't require a lot of weights you can do a lot of like squats and and uh, box jumps you know which doesn't require you'd have to have a lot of weights just things like that that can implement still explosiveness and and everything and then the other thing is conditioning you know conditioning just if you can yeah. find a field or you can find a track you can get conditioning in and condition is now you don't have that teammate beside you pushing you saying, hey, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, fourth quarter, right. get it. You don't have that. So now you have to play mind games within yourself. You have to tell yourself like, hey, it's third and one. It's fourth and goal. Like, I can't quit. I can't stop. I can't give up. I got to I gotta push through this line, you know. And, and you have to time yourself and make sure that you're giving it all you got and everything. So when you come back, the first thing the coaches are going to do is put you on a weight scale, see what your weight is, see if you gain a surmount a weight. And if you have, then that tells them that you haven't been doing the things you need to be doing from a conditioning standpoint. They can understand the weight room standpoint. They can get that. But from a conditioning standpoint, there's no reason or rhyme that you should come back 15 pounds, 10 pounds overweight, you know? So that means you haven't been doing what you need to do. And then the other thing is they will take you in the film room. And they'll just sit there and just ask yeah. questions. They'll ask questions just to see, have you been studying some of the stuff that we've been sending out to you? Have you been a student of the game? So this is the time now for kids to really understand how much do you really want something? Because if you really want it, you're going to push yourself with no nobody watching you. Nobody's yelling at you. No one is telling you to do this. But can you show yourself with no one around? Does it matter that much to you to do, to want to do it? Do you have a will to want to do it without someone yeah. kicking you in the butt? And then the next thing is, are you studying? Are your study have? Are you on the phone all day, Instagramming, Facetiming, or you know things like that with social media? Are you cutting out two, three hours out of your day and you're grinding into this playbook and you're yeah. and you're getting to that next phase? And that's what's going to be the key in how fast this team gets up and running is what are they doing right now when there are no coaches around? I I totally agree with you. And I think this is going to be a really unique opportunity for coaches to learn things about their players that they maybe wouldn't have learned otherwise. You know, it's mm-hmm. one thing to be a disciplined player out on the field when you know you've got a staff full of coaches on your tail, but are you disciplined when no one's watching? There's not going to be any hiding that after all of this. We're going to see very clearly who took that initiative and who didn't. Um, but I think this this strength and conditioning staff definitely has a unique situation. You know, I think implementing the plays and things like that is obviously difficult right now too because the team can't physically be together. But mm-hmm. 
working with these guys whose home situations are all different and their access to to weights and gyms and and what you're having them do is different. So this strength and conditioning staff has to be working overtime. Uh, I read that every Monday they send out two new workout regimens through the teamwork athlete management app that mm-hmm. the team uses. Uh, one of them is for players who do have access to weights or a gym, which is about 25 to 30% of the team. And there's a whole different regimen for players who don't, uh, mm-hmm. and they're having to get creative. There's a lot of body weight exercises, pushups, pull-ups, things like that. But there's also utilization of a backpack full of books and things that they're putting out and, and challenging these guys to use random household items, which I think is just crazy that we're in a, a situation that our, you know, D1 football players are preparing with a book bag full of books. Like, it's just, it's <laughs> wild to me, but I think it it's going to showcase who really wants it. Right. No, you're exactly right, because this is a crucial time. And the one thing they have going for them, honestly, is you have the virtual, like you can do Zoom, you can do Zoom, yep. you can do FaceTime is just so many more ways now that you can communicate more so than you say 20 years ago, you know? So mm-hmm. there's ways that these guys still can like both, both still probably gets with his receivers on virtual or zoom or something. And they go over like certain plays and, mm-hmm. and that way they can talk to each other and still get a feel for one another or, or what each other's thinking. So there are still ways to get the communication standpoint, which is one of the most pivotal parts of the football field is communication. So This is a time for you to work on the communication part more than the physical part. And you mentioned the the virtual training. So as of this week, the SEC is now allowing teams to hold four hours of virtual meeting. This is coach to player, not player mm-hmm. to player. Obviously, they can be communicating a lot more, but there are restrictions on how often the coaches can be doing virtual training with these players. Now, it was at two hours, and now we are up to four, which I think is great. Uh, this, this is a great opportunity for them to watch film together, install a playbook, but they are not allowed to, um, observe any workouts or, or watch them do anything. During a time like this, though, do you think there should be such strict limitations on what they're able to do? I mean, we already are are limited in our access and, and the quality of these interactions. Why are they mm-hmm. being so strict around the amount of time they can be doing this? Well, I think the reason is sometimes you have some coaches that can go overboard, <laughs> you know, sure. um, you know, sometimes you have those that are just drill sergeants, drill you all day long, like, you know, don't understand when you need a break, you know, but yeah. then there's some that's, you know, going to give you, give you what you need, give you your time and then check back in with you later. So it's almost like, okay, how can we find a thin line? So really it's no real thin line. So I think they just go with, okay, we're going to give them four hours and four hours. Is that four hours per week? Yes. Okay, so four hours per week. You be asking me, that's not enough. You know, if I'm a coach, I'm really, if I'm a coach, I'm be like, guys, come on, really? I like, can I at least get an hour a day or two hours yeah. per day? You know, like it takes me 15 minutes to go through one play sometime. Like, let me get at least two hours per day that I can use. Maybe an hour earlier in the day and then an hour later at night. You know, like because if they were cool. doing spring ball right now, how long would they typically be working? Right. If they was doing spring ball right now, they'd get a chance to go in the meeting rooms at least, you know, an hour and a half, two hours. Exactly. And then, then you have field time. So you get a right. chance to, especially had they have already taken away spring football. So you've already erased a lot of practice time and meeting time. So to me, yep. I understand you don't want to give it unlimited, you know, just because 
someone's gonna try to break some rules somewhere. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just the nature of the world we live in. Not everyone's gonna do everything right, but at the same time, I do believe they should have at least two hours per day. I would say ten yeah. hours per week is enough. The the during this time because they've lost spring ball. So mm-hmm. I guess you just got to figure out a way to do as much as you possibly can and just point out the most important things that you want to get across and just some of the things that you can slide in the easier level later. You can just handle that then. And the fact that it was two hours a week was freaking ridiculous. I'm just, yeah, yeah that one has kind of confused me. I agree with you. I understand them feeling the need to have some kind of control over this, but it seems like it's a bit uh, too restricted given the circumstances right now. What position group do you think that this time away would have the biggest impact on? I would probably say offensive line because we lost yeah. – you know what five starters last year well four starters last year off the offensive line you know and yeah. uh and that's a position that requires five guys to be on the same page at all times so a unit a unit so it's not yeah. like the quarterback position not like the receiver position like this is the unit that before anything else can happen this has to be handled first so to me, it's the offensive line, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're doing a lot of virtual virtual tours and everything, trying to communicate. And then you have a new offensive line coach, and that's the other part right. of it is they have to get used to used to him. Like, what is he looking for? What does he expect of you? And so there's a lot of things that they can't do right now, but there's a lot of things from a communication standpoint that the offensive line has to be on point. And the problem with that, Taylor, is you don't know who the starting five going to be. <laughs> so, yep. so that makes it even harder, you know. So, you know, quicker this thing can um, can hopefully get out of here and, and move on and, and the guys can get an opportunity to, to come back and practice in the summertime. Hopefully they do it like the NFL where you have OTAs where they give them at least 14 practices with no pads on where they can have an opportunity yeah. to go out there and, and uh, still get some practice time in before fall camp actually starts. So but there's right. a lot of nuances. There's a lot of new coaches. That's everywhere. There's every team have new coaches, new players, and uh, everyone's got to try to fit in and figure out that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter who you are right now. Everybody's on the same playing field. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think that that O-line is is certainly going to be a challenging situation, and, and even the offense as a whole, because we were so hype around this Chad Morris hire and seeing mm-hmm. what he could implement with this offense, and now he's going to be given a very limited amount of time to do so. So uh, it's it's unfortunate, but I'm hopeful that with all the different ways that this staff is is getting creative and and utilizing whatever the heck resources we can right now that this Auburn team kind of steps up to the plate. Well, one other thing that I wanted to mention as the NFL draft is approaching, I want to talk about how this affects a former Auburn player, Prince Tega Winogo. But before we do that, got to tell you guys about our awesome sponsor, one of our awesome sponsors, True Classic Tees. Now, basically, this company is coming in to sponsor the show at a perfect time because we all need some good classic teas. We are laying around the house doing absolutely nothing. And, you know, you want to you want to feel good about yourself as best you can. And also, if you're going to put your money into anything right now, you want it to be something that, you know, you're not just going to throw it in a drawer when we go back to normal. These teas are versatile. They're great quality. You're going to want to wear these even when we can go back out into society. So we're super excited about this sponsor. True Classic Tees are one of my favorite brands. Uh, It's a company based out in LA. They're certainly on the rise, so we are getting in at a very good time. The 
t-shirts are soft. They hold up in the wash, versatile, like I said. So there's really no reason to not buy these things. But if you needed any more uh, encouragement, they're very affordable. They're just $15, and right now you can get them for even less. All you have to do is go to trueclassictees.com and use the code BLEAV at checkout for 20% off. So that's believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. Okay, so like I mentioned, left tackle Prince Tega Winogo is awaiting the decision of his future in the NFL at the upcoming draft, but kind of wanted to go back through his story because his is not necessarily conventional. He had a, a great run at Auburn, but he was invited to the Senior Bowl back in January, and if you'll remember, he wasn't cleared for his physical, so he was unable to play in the Senior Bowl. They medically red-flagged him because of a knee injury that he suffered but played through during the early part of last season. So the injury kept him from practicing or playing down there, which is a, a huge blow because there are so many different scouts and coaches and things that that do attend the senior bowl but there was a lot of hope because there still were more opportunities for him you know the combine or, or pro day or what have you but he wasn't able to participate in either of those either so he was supposed to be doing his own individual practice for different reps and uh, do different drills and things like that in front of him essentially his own pro day once he was cleared mm -hmm. but because of this coronavirus pandemic that had to be canceled as well so now he is headed into the draft and is strictly relying on his game film from his time at Auburn he has not worked out in front of anyone or done any drills since last season so obviously it's challenging and and he's been interviewed and said he's incredibly frustrated you know you you work your whole life for this moment and not feeling like you've been able to showcase everything right here when it, you know, potentially matters the most is very daunting and it's, it's weighing on him, but he's trying to stay positive. Um, just wanted to get your input, Jason. Could that have, have helped his draft stock much? I mean, do you feel like he, he showcased enough in college that these teams will feel confident in selecting him? Well, the one thing uh, I think that helps him out is the fact that he played through the whole season last year. Um, yeah. So, you know, that film doesn't lie. So they're sitting there studying his film. And they probably gonna have some questions and say, well, you know, how long do you think this guy's career can last with his knee? The question right. is, no one really knows the extent of the knee, but the doctors that have, uh, you know, that's in the NFL right now. And I'm pretty sure they're communicating and, and making sure from from the general manager down of what's our chances if we was to draft him early and take this guy like. How yeah. long do you think his knee can hold up? Like, what's the severity of it? And all of those types of things. So that's something that he can't control. That's something he's just going to have to hope and pray that someone gives him an opportunity and not you – because know, only he really knows his body and what it feels like. Like, they're, they, sure. can't, they can't understand that part of it, but they can get the pictures and, uh, and the exams and everything and take a look at those. So what hurt him, I think, is not being able to participate in the Auburn Pro Day because yeah. – you know, no one knew about the COVID-19 happening and now not be able to participate on your own day that you had set aside so the teams can watch you. I think really hurts because the simple fact that, you know, everyone wants to get that up close look at you. You know, it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, it, it's in anything, you know, before you buy a house, you go back and look at it a second time. 
you know, like it's just that's just the way that we are, it's the way we wire. So true. And, and so you think about it, they just want to get an eye on him. And the fact that they could be close to him and see him, they can get a feel for like, okay, he's good to go. Or okay, we may be a little hesitant. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but at the same time, he just gotta keep his head up high, stay positive as much as possible and understand like, hey, I played a full season last year. You know, yeah. just go watch my tape, watch my film. You didn't see me miss any games. You didn't see me like like just 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 take that into initiative and take that narrative and and everything and don't just put me to the side because of I missed senior bowl. I missed right combine and I missed pro day. You know, don't 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 do that to me. Right. Because it does it almost looks like, oh, he still isn't healthy enough to play. But that's not the case. There was a date set that he was going to do these drills. He is healthy, he's ready to go. But this global pandemic steps in and these are very unprecedented times and it's affecting everybody differently, but certainly just just feels like a, a, he couldn't catch a break. <laughs> I mean, right. first the senior bowl, which he had no expectation of not getting cleared. He had done several physicals and been cleared. And then at the senior bowl, that doctor saw something he didn't like and, and he just hasn't been able to get back out there since. But hopefully he will still get that long awaited phone call and certainly a positive that he can hold on to is he was one of 50 players that have been invited to virtually attend the draft. So the draft is still happening April 23rd through 25th, but it is obviously not going to be in Las Vegas. The players will not be physically in attendance, but it is still going to be broadcasted, which I've been kind of confused on how all of this was going to go down anyway, but apparently 50 players have been invited to attend and they are being sent a remote broadcast kit and instructions on how to set it up and do all of that. So they will be uh, getting their live reaction and interview virtually after get, they get the call, which, you know, it, it doesn't have the, the bigness that the draft feels like. I kind of feel like part of me was like, oh, they're getting cheated of this once in a lifetime experience. Kind of like these, you know, high school and college seniors that aren't getting to go to their graduation ceremony. They're still getting to graduate. They're getting that degree, but they aren't getting that moment. And for a second, I was like, this, this sucks for them. Like I almost thought maybe we should just hold off until they can do it the right way. But this is actually the way that a lot of guys opt to have their draft moment. They're invited, but a lot of guys choose to stay at home. And I know, Jason, that was what you opted to do as well. So I definitely want you to elaborate on your draft experience. But uh, that is ultimately how they are going to be doing this year's draft. We are going to be watching all of them at home. Hopefully some family members can attend and they're not literally sitting on a couch completely by themselves. That'd be kind of sad. Um, but we will get to watch them get that call and have that moment and then hear their immediate thoughts. So um, talk to me about what that moment was like for you. That's essentially the experience that all of these guys are going to be having in this year's draft. Yeah, the experience is awesome. Uh, like you said, it's unfortunate because the kids won't get a chance to go and uh, be in Las Vegas. But at the same time, like, what an honor still it is to be able to be drafted and to get to play the National Football League. You know, yeah. with everything going on, you know, try not to let your mind wonder, like, oh, man, I don't get a chance to do this, do that. There's a lot of things that happened this year that a lot of people didn't get a chance to do or in the springtime. There's kids that play high school baseball that didn't even get a chance to get seen and maybe was dependent on this year to get a scholarship. You know, there's sure. girls soccer in high school, which at high school I coach at was number three in the nation, number one in the state and was 
had all these seniors and that they're not going to get a chance to compete for a, for a state championship or a national championship. So in the NCAA tournament. So there's so many things and everyone can, can have these stories about, man, like I didn't get a chance to do that, but just what it didn't affect. It didn't affect the guys that getting ready to play the national football league coming out of college because you had your season. And yeah. so, yes, a small bit of something is taken away from you, but you still get the biggest part. And the biggest part is you still get to get drafted and you still get an opportunity to go play in the National Football League. And for me That is so true. And for me and everything, I um I opted not to go. I was in Auburn. I had my family to come to Auburn. Uh Coach Borges came over and everything. And uh we was we was all at Auburn and uh I remember, you know, my name got called and and everything. I was actually away from the family and stuff at that time. I had I got off the phone. They had told me they was going to draft me, but no one else knew. So I just stayed in the oh, room. Wow. So when I heard them announce it on TV, I just heard about jumping up and going crazy and everything. And then I walked in there and they were just like, you already knew, didn't you? I was just like, yeah, I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> so then, you know, my mom bust out in tears. My dad was crying. And then Coach Borges Aww. was there. He was teary-eyed. And, you know, it was awesome because I got a chance to spend that moment with the people that mattered the most to me at that time. You know, yeah. of course I wanted to be with Ronnie and Cadillac and, and, and Carlos at the same time, cause we all played together, but those guys was kind of with their family. Ronnie was the only one that went, everyone else kind of stayed with their families and everything. He was the number two pick. So, you know, but the thing is like your mom and dad have helped raise you to that point and coaches, you know, that's involved in college to help you get in your goals and even your high school coaches, you know, that got you to help you get to college. So you get to spend that time with them, with those people, because it's a once in a lifetime experience and it's nothing like it. Yeah. And uh, you always cherish it and always remember that moment. And even when you find yourself going through a rough day or a bad time, you know, you always got to think of something positive, like, man, like, what am I complaining about? You know, let me just take a step back and just realize like, this is temporary. This is not long-term. Yeah. That's a great point. I think like you could kind of see that as, as glass half empty, the the draft being as different as it's going to be. But the reality is you're still achieving that dream. You're, mm-hmm. you're still getting that call that athletes dream about their entire lives. Maybe it doesn't look exactly like you thought it would, but the reality is you're you're about to begin your career in the league and and that's what they've all worked for. So certainly excited to see where all of our Auburn guys end up and honestly see what some future of the NFL could look like. I think this year's draft is is going to have a big implication on the league. So super exciting that we'll have that in a couple weeks. Jason and I will of course break all of that action down ahead of that one. So that will definitely be exciting. Well, we are going to bring in Coach Flo, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our other amazing sponsor, Bet Online. Now, I, I still am someone who understands why people would hesitate because I'm somebody who doesn't feel like I have good luck and why would I want a chance <laughs> getting rid of my money, you know? But Bet Online is actually a really good, fun way to try your luck, even though there is no NBA, NHL, or MLB. You might think there's nothing to bet on, but betonline.ag is getting pretty creative. There are still people betting on esports, American Idol, the spelling bee. There's even a 
$1,000 poker series. So there's plenty of fun to be had, especially right now when we all need sources of entertainment. You can go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive a welcome bonus on your first deposit. So that's betonline.ag. Use the promo code MYPOD100. They're going to give you a bonus to play with on your first deposit. All right, Auburn family. Well, it is time to bring our special guest in. Jason and I are so excited to welcome the head coach of the Auburn women's basketball team, Terry Williams Flournoy. Coach Flo, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I also want to put out a PSA to all the other Auburn head coaches out there. Coach Lowe putting y'all to shame coming on our podcast during this quarantine. I just want to shout out to her. She never stops working. So uh, all the rest of you got to call in, I guess. Hey, you know how it goes. You know, women, women rules the world. So women yes. are always the first to try to come up with something and create something. So I give credit. And I'm glad you have figured that out, Jason. Good right? job. Yeah, okay. yeah, you know, yeah, I, I figured it out. It took me about 30 some years, but no, I actually figured it out. Better late than never, Jason. We'll take it. Exactly. Uh, well, Coach, I, I think I'll start with, you know, the most obvious and recent topic with uh, – with this COVID-19 crisis, you know, shutting down season so abruptly and uh, everything that's happening in the world right now, all of us in this quarantine, just I'd love to hear it from a coach's perspective. What has this experience been like for you and, and how's it been impacting your role specifically in terms of recruiting? Yeah, you know, the one thing that we have to all put in perspective is that this is a health issue, you know, mm -hmm. so the health of you know, our community, our family, our student athletes, you know, that has to be pushed to the forefront. Sure. Um, and as much as we, you know, are trying to get used to this new life that we're living right now, mm -hmm. it, it's not a crisis. We're just uncomfortable. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't go get your hair done. You can't get your nails done. <laughs> you know, you know, you, you can't go out and be all that you were before, you know, you're just uncomfortable. But if your family's healthy, everybody's doing well, you know, that, that's the most important thing. And, and it's been difficult because it's something new, staying at home for those of us who have been running for so many years. Um, but it's not anything that you just have to, you know, just completely lose your mind about. You just get used to it. We've definitely gotten very creative um, in trying to do things. Um, it, it's a little difficult with the players because, you know, that's, you know, based on – and recruiting as well is based on what the NCAA say that we can do. Um, so, really, most of it has been just a lot of communication mm -hmm. with our players, just making sure academically that they're still, you know, doing everything that they need to do. We have a great academic advisor, Troy. He, he's on top of it. Um, so we kind of just piggyback off of him and just, you know, make sure. Because for those that aren't organized or are used to somebody helping them out, they are now on their own. Yeah. Um, mom and dad are looking at like, you at school, like, what you looking at us for? They, they, <laughs> it's what you do. Like, you know, so, you know, they're, they're just getting used to that. But we're just staying in constant communication with them. The same mm -hmm. thing. I have a group me, so I send them, you know, something stupid, you know, just to, you know, keep the keep them laughing, uh, you know. And my assistant coaches are doing the same, just trying to keep, you know, as much communication between everyone because it's, right. it's no face to face. 
besides FaceTime, which I hate FaceTime because uh, everybody <laughs> always FaceTime you right in the middle of getting out of the shower, having yes. like, your hair done. Just, what is It's that? like, okay, right now? Like, you want to FaceTime me right now? Like, now. <laughs> With recruiting, we've gotten a little bit, you know, creative in trying to do the virtual tours. Mm-hmm. Uh, my assistant coaches kind of walk around campus, you know, with a, um, their laptop or their phone. So you kind of do them because, you know, they canceled making official visits. Right. Um, mm-hmm. So you're trying to show your recruits the campus, the arena, the dorm rooms, you know. And, and wow. our, you know, people have done a great job of putting videos together. Uh, I think Coach Tewell, he's the craziest. You know, we send out his videos, <laughs> um, you know, and just, just try to keep, you know, as as light as we can of the situation, but still at the end of the day, we have to do our job. We have to recruit. All right. Well, luckily Auburn is beautiful. So I'm sure it's still drawing them in. Oh yeah. Yeah. We make <laughs> sure we pick the sunny days. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to take you back. Not way back, but a little bit far back. Yeah. I was 22 and 10 in 2017, 18 and uh, outstanding year. Y'all broke the record, I think for three pointers and, uh, and steals. Yeah. And uh, like you said, y'all play tenacious defense. Like, um, that's something I really, really grew up watching. Uh, I used to watch women's basketball a lot growing up um, because, you know, in the household, my dad was a basketball coach. So we watched it year round, boys and girls. So you nice. think about, yeah, so, so it, was a, it was a big deal. So you think about the competition is at the SEC level. How do you compare the SEC level compared to like the UConn and their conferences up north now? Like, because I feel like in the SEC, it's gotten a lot harder over these last six, seven years in, in college basketball, especially the women's program and the men's program. I feel like they're both coming back to those those historic days. How do you yeah. feel about that? Yeah, the SEC, and of course, you know, I'm going to be a little biased because I'm in it, but mm-hmm. it's definitely one of the toughest conferences in the country. Right. Um, night in night in everywhere on the road at home like it's just it's just so tough um playing you know number one South Carolina Kentucky Tennessee um you know and then you even go to the you know the schools that's you know at the lower part of the you know conference but it's tough going there mm-hmm. um you know and I've played against Connecticut you know there when I was at Georgetown I eight years in the Big East mm-hmm. um and that was you know when the Big East was the real Big East with UConn, Rutgers, Notre Dame, you know, it was just, it was tough. Right. Um, UConn's special. They're, they're a special team. Um, they're, they're getting back into the Big East um, this year, but it still aren't the same teams in the Big East as before Syracuse isn't in there as well. Um, it's just tough, you know, playing in one of the toughest conference with so many great coaches and so many great players is is very tough each year at the end of the year when we have to pick only what is it eight on the first team eight on the second team in the conference because it's so many (laughs) so many more than just eight you know (laughs) yeah it's tough let's talk about this past season coach obviously it uh came to an end in a way that no one necessarily anticipated but uh the season that was completed it it presented its challenges but but this team it kept fighting and and it really powered through till the end but after the sec tournament you know you were talking about 
the challenges that come along with the buy-in and understanding what you're doing and who you are. Talk to me a little bit just about what that means to you from a head coach perspective to get them to buy in. And when you look ahead to, to next season or even the future of this program, what do you want that identity to be? Yes, tell it's so hard because as a coach, you you are who you are. And if you don't mm -hmm. believe in your philosophy and if you don't believe in, you know, your style of play, then who else is going to believe it? Sure. You know, so I got a little slack back from, you know, social media bullies and everything killing me on it. Um, but at the end of the day, I've been coaching now for 28 years. I've been a head coach for 16. Mm -hmm. So I know what works and I know yeah what programs that I've had, what teams that have been good, and which teams have been bad, and I know why. And one of the things this year, and that's why we struggled, um, it wasn't so much that they didn't have the ability to do and play the way we needed to play. It was really more of a bias. Um, yeah. and, and if everybody, it's John Gordon's you know, his energy bus that he talks about everybody on the bus going in the same direction, you know, no one can be in the back holding it down or any flat tires. Um, you know, everybody's got to be headed in the same direction to get done what we need to get done. And it's, and it's nothing against those, you know, that, that didn't want to do it. And sure. those that have transferred, I'm all about everybody going to go be happy. Life is too short. Go mm -hmm. get, go find your happiness. My happiness is pressing, getting after people, causing havoc, and those are the players that I'm continuously recruiting. We slipped off a little bit. You know, you try to – you hear everybody, and then I try to do what people say and, you know, get the recruits that can do this and do that. But at the end of the day, I can sleep better knowing that I did it my way and yeah. and we played it the way that I wanted to play because – if I don't believe in it, I can't get my players to believe in it. We're going to win more games out playing teams, out hustling teams, out fighting teams, than we are counting on that ball going in that basket because it's 50-50 once it leaves your hand. But mm -hmm. effort and heart is all the time. Oh, I love that. Oh Yeah, I love that. I commend you for, for, for what you're doing because the simple fact, I always say this, you want players that want to be there. You know, like I, right. like I tell people, it's once you put that uniform on, you have to buy all the way in. It's just not I buy in mm -hmm. things are going my way. But when you hit a, a crossroad or you hit a your back against the wall sometimes, I want you still to be there because those are the type of players I know when things do start to go well, we, we remember what the battle was, what the battle was like when it wasn't. And that's going to make us right. stronger and better together as a team. So if you're not going to buy into that, then I don't need you to be here because like I always say, you have four years in that seat, you're paying rent for that seat for four years. How you going to be remembered is up to you. And uh, so I commend you for, you know, not fighting the kids if they want to leave or transfer or something, you know, that's their right. That's their mean. But at the same time, grass is not always greener on the other side. And, you know, no. and they, they would mm -hmm. quickly learn that because one thing a lot of people don't understand is in these college, in these colleges, when a kid entered the transfer portal, Sometimes they get lost in the portal. Not all of yeah. them end up with success stories, you know, like a Jalen right. Hurts in college football or something like mm -hmm. that. Not all of that happens all the time. Sometimes these kids get lost in it and you never hear about them again. So yeah. that's the things that people are not telling them that they need to start to understand and hear. But, um, but you know. And it's so many in that portal. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. many in the portal. And it's almost like you're coming out of high school again. You're competing against the next, the next person <laughs> for a scholarship. But Yeah, right. Right.
Well, coach, I actually want to go back to what you were talking about a little bit ago. I want to go back to that press and, and get a little insight. We've got a great opportunity right now with the head coach here. I just want to hear a little bit more um, of kind of your perspective on that defensive approach. You, you always say that it's strategic, that there's a method to the madness. And I, I know that's the identity you want to maintain. I would love to hear kind of your insight on that press. What makes it so effective? Yeah, I, I actually love the press. It's just, and to tell you, we play, this year we only played all one, two, two. Mm -hmm. um, but in previous years, the year that we were, you know, very good, our 17, 18 season, we did a one, three, one. Um, we extended our one, two, we backed it up. Mm -hmm. uh, we did a two, two, one. It, it's, those are the years that we've been able to mix up our defenses have been our best years. Mm -hmm. Our one-two-two two is our favorite um, and our probably our um, most havoc um, that we <laughs> attack people with. Yeah. Our one-two-two two goes with, it starts with the top, the person at the top. And that's mm -hmm. what we were lacking this year um, is that motor. And it's usually someone that's around six feet, six one. In the past, we've had Jasmine Jones, Tyrese yeah. Tanner, and, and the person at the top has to have is what we call, Jason, that one that's got that dog in them. Right. Um, they, <laughs> yeah. they, right. They, they buy into it. They own it. Like Jazz and Ty would get mad if I switched to the one three one or the 2-2. Two, two. How come <laughs> stay in one two, 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 stay, in, stay in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they were at the top, you mm -hmm. know. And so they, they had that motor, and they were in the best shape ever. You're talking about Jasmine Jones that can run a mile you know, in, in less than six minutes, you know, wow. so she was in great shape, you know, because yeah. they have to be able to go. It's a lot of work, okay? Mm -hmm. So when you get that top person at the top of that one, two, two, that can make it go, it's, it, it's magic, you know? And so then you go to the next line, the two guards there. Um, and for four years, we played with a small point guard in that position, which mm -hmm. we always laughed at because we used to tell you, you need to grow because they just throwing the ball right over top of you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> He's like, coach, I'm trying, I'm jumping, you know. But that, that second line is the one that when that top person can bait them into that trap, you know. And we would right. do the trap right before half court or right after half court. Okay. Um, and just, you know, really bait them into that trap. Now, the difference in our one two two press than most presses in the country is our back line, okay? We mm. involve our back line. Our back line's got to be able to come up. We tell them they either got to steal the over-the-top pass or be able to, to stop it or trap it. Um, they're not just staying back in the hole like they Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and going to block every shot that comes down. You know, that's not how our back line work. Our back line has to rotate. It's a movement. Our next one rotating over, and and we always say, you know, you got to rotate on a string, be it right or wrong. If the person that's your buddy, if they go, you got to go. So it usually takes our, you know, our freshman about a year to really yeah. get it down because yeah. it is. It's a lot of rotation. You know, it's a lot of understanding. You know, the movement, um, understanding that. A lot of people say, well, you just route there running around. No, we're actually not just running around. There There's is purpose. a method to our marriage, right. you know, yeah. and we're, we're trying to get everybody, when everybody's on a string and everybody rotating properly, okay, and one of the things, Taylor, that becomes a problem is you get that one that's scared to go. 
you cannot be scared, okay? Yeah. You have got to go, okay? <laughs> okay. You may miss it. You may overrun it. It doesn't matter. You've got to go, okay? Right. And and it's not always going to be perfect, you know? Some of our best teams, some of our best pressing teams, they made mistakes. Life is full of mistakes. You're going to make a mistake is mm-hmm. what you do after the mistake, the effort to sprint back. Okay, I forgot to rotate. Oh, God, let me sprint. You know, <laughs> it's no jogging. There's no jogging, yeah. okay? Taylor J. There's no jogging. Okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. oh, I know. <laughs> Everything is a sprint, okay? So, so it's fun, but you got to buy into one, getting in shape, okay? Yeah. And, 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 you know, we really, in the past, we were brainwashed our kids, and they were like, you know, hey, y'all do a lot of running. Yeah, that, that, we have to run, okay? We have to run. That's who we are. We have to be in shape. When two minutes left in the game and you're standing on your knees, you're bending over on your knees, we're standing up strong. Let's go. I love it. You can see I started getting real passionate. I know you talking do. About, oh, yeah. you know? I, I love that. Yeah, that, that. Nah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I'll tell you, if I was, um, you know, Auburn fans, you're getting a treat to hear from Coach Coach Flo because if I was a player and someone out there listening, coming to high school, like I said, I go around some of these AAU tournaments. I coached uh, AAU for the last three years. And uh, you do see a lot of pressing. And you do see who can really handle the ball and who can handle the press because pressure busts pipes. And you find out yeah. real quick early in the game when you press like that, who can handle it? And if they yeah. can't handle it, yeah. you're going to get it the rest of the game. If a team can handle it pretty well, then sometimes you, you back off. But you find out early who the ball handlers are of the other team. And yeah. can they take yeah. that, that first punch in the gut real quick early on in the game? Mm-hmm. So. We, we have seen every press offense in America, okay? Everybody that has – and that's what we practice, okay? A team could do this. A team could do that. And because this is from a coaching standpoint, when I said before, now I'm, I'm taking away my opposing coach scouting report because now their whole biggest thing is their practice is based on their press offense, let's not turn the ball over, okay? Mm-hmm. So now I'm making them use a lot of their practice time doing that. And so when the game starts, you know, they hollers, don't turn the ball over, take care of the ball, da da da. And as soon as they start turning it over, that's when All we right. know we got them. Yep. yep. <laughs> Getting the hate. <laughs> Well, Coach, my last one before we let you go, I think, you know, all of us have unique experiences at Auburn. I was, you know, a student on the sidelines covering those games. Jason knows what it's like to be an Auburn athlete, and I would love to hear what it's like to be a head coach at Auburn University. It's awesome. You know, it's absolutely awesome. We're very blessed to be able to do, you know, what we do, um, what we love. And then to have the Auburn community, I think that's one of the things that, you know, probably puts us apart from everyone else. Our Auburn community loves our Auburn sports. Yeah. Um, you know, they love our athletes. They want to touch them. They, you know, the autograph sessions, like, you know, they, they just want to be a part of what we're trying to do here as an athletic department, as an athletic team. So it's it's just absolutely awesome. I feel the love from our Auburn fans, you know. Well, and 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 for them, it's not whether you win or lose, you know. Yeah. They they're they're right there for you. Do they want us to win? Absolutely. Don't get it twisted. Okay. <laughs> they want us to win, but but they're not beating you down. Our true fans are not beating you down, you know, when there's a loss and there's and there's so many you know, people that are out there rooting for you and cheering for you. And, and, I've, and I've seen that, a lot of that here at Auburn. Auburn's a great place. Auburn's a special place. And, and I'm just happy to be a part of it. 
Well, hey, we are certainly lucky to have you. Coach Flo, thank you so much for joining us and, and best of luck as you move forward. Yes, appreciate thank it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Jason. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Stay Coach. Safe. War Eagle. War Eagle. All right, everybody. Well, that wraps it up for us this week on Tiger Talk. As always, Jason and I greatly appreciate you all listening to us every single episode. Make sure you subscribe. You'll get a notification every time we release an episode. Everyone, please stay safe, stay healthy, stay positive. Hopefully, we are in the last lap of this thing. That may not be true, but no one bust my bubble, please. I am choosing to believe that. Uh, we will talk very soon. And as always, War Damn Eagle. War Eagle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.